Hey, and welcome to this week's edition of the Rugby Report Card. With me this week is Jim. How are you, mate? Good day, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Shane Blake couldn't join us this week, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, I'm here, boys. You don't get rid of me that easily, and I am on my soapbox. Oh, jeez. Yeah, what that what that, that smorgasbord that the Bockies were for the Lions. Everyone just getting their feed. Everyone Three biting allegations. Three biting allegations have come out from that encounter. One of them's not even an allegation. As in the, the one I know about is Sinclair. That's isn't he been charged already? Oh, has he's he? a big boy though. He gets hungry. Yeah, yeah. First big. of all, um, very good reference to connecting lines and biting. Very good. Obviously, we're going to start jump straight into the uh, the, the series games. Should we do a bit of an? I'm halfway through it. I'm halfway topic. through it already. We've got the Women's Sevens final, we've got the Bockies Lions, and we've got the first game of the Bledisloe coming up this weekend. So lots of things to talk about. Um, not least Company of man all, at the bitter end. Rassi Erasmus's video, um, that whiny little bitch. Um, nah, I'm in. I'm in for Rassi. I won't have you ridiculing him, man. Well, where should we start? Should we start with this video? Or should we start with the game? Richard is the only, only man with the dog in the fight here. Where should we start? Well, first of all, Jim's English too. He just hasn't admitted it yet. So he definitely has a dog in the fight. Um, do you know what? What I, I, county, what shire were you, were you born in, Jim? Devon. Devon. Hilarious. Sorry, go <laughs> on, Richard. Beautiful part of the country, by the way. Um, <laughs> I think, Lovely. Uh, My dad's Cornish. Lovely part. Oh, Lovely nice. part of the country. Absolutely. Uh, look, I think we just need to let's just go chronologically. Let's just start off with uh, his video because because we haven't really addressed that. And I think for me, just looking at it, yes, I do have a dog in the fire, but I'm just going to take a step back as a pure rugby fan at the moment. And I think the video just made me a little sad more than anything because I feel like when we when growing up, the rassy you know, one, yeah, because I just feel like it was. I held rugby in higher higher esteem. I loved going to the football, but it was just like even coaching kids like they would change when you when you coached them the rugby and you coached them football they just their whole attitude towards you when you when you um, coached or refereed football was different i just feel like that maybe have set a tone and that that ran over into the game clearly because it was refereed differently but just the annoying barking from both guys within the um within the game shouting at, at every decision obviously um emanated from something and i just think it started from that video and just maybe sad that maybe rugby is going down a path that I'm that I'm not 100% happy with. Should uh, should have he been fined? Should have he been dealt with? Yeah, I, I think he should. Um, to what degree in terms of a ban, a fine, whatever it is, that's not up for me to decide. But I just feel like something needs to occur. I What's ju- your gut say? Ban or fine? I, I would hope a, a ban because I think a fine to a, a person like him will get paid by someone else. I don't think the fine will actually hit him personally. Whereas I think a ban would probably send a bigger message. You know, he goes onto that pitch so often, you know, and I, and I read something the other day or saw a tweet from someone that I wonder if Sia Khaleesi actually feels undermined by him going on all the time. You know, I thought that was a great question, you know, and I think that him being banned going on that pitch, I think is way more powerful and sets a greater, greater precedent. Um, but also the players need to be spoken to. You know, Ben O'Keefe at the beginning of the game, you know, started, we're not going to have these handbags, blah, 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 blah. And then nothing Sexist. happened. And then nothing happened. Um, I respect your opinion. And I think most of the rugby world would agree with you, Jim. What were your thoughts on the video? 
on Razzie. Loved it, yeah. mate. It's just a shame yeah. that someone had to be a martyr to actually get that point across. And if anything, I don't think it was made a topic of conversation enough because there is a duplicity in how the game's played. There is one way and another way that seems to be the wrong way and not consistent throughout. Now, there has always been a nature in which the sport's played and you get away with what you get away with. And everyone's already known that, right? Mm. But when the stakes are this high and it's no-risk football, I don't know. I, I felt like it was a good opportunity to sort of come out with it because, you know, the British and Irish Lions, it's, it's a prestigious thing, you know? No one really gives that much of a fuck if they win or lose they move on pretty quickly it's a prestige thing it's awesome for the hosting team if they win but if the lions win so what man you're four countries good on you you expected to not really <laughs> i don't know if i agree with you there no um oh yeah I, i've got plenty of thoughts on this video just, just um, to interject just for a second but i think his choice of platform was 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 strange as well though don't you think yeah, the whole thing was weird. I just thought, um, I don't know, quite a few things. One, the, the sadist in me um, who've been fucking screaming on this podcast forever about the just absurdity of rugby's rules at the moment. And I guess to speak to that point is Jim's right. Part of the romanticism of rugby is the subjectivity of the laws. It isn't as clean cut as soccer. It isn't as clean cut as cricket, which is neat heaps clean cut. It is a messy game and momentum and all of those things swing into the beauty of it. But in this ultra professional, ultra athlete, zillion camera age that we're in, it, it's clear that, that the days of that are kind of over and we actually need to start changing rules so we can get things more correct. Um, it, the fact that he could make that video most of you can't really argue with him. And I'm sure the British and Irish Lions could have made their own version. They certainly could after game two, um, could make their own version of it. And, and from watching the Super Rugby, bloody lots of games we could have made the same video. And, and that's the limitless power of it. After every game, after every situation in life, man, if everyone had a VAR to refer to, there'd be millions of videos of how people have been wronged. Yeah, so oh, I guess absolutely. my point on that is I think it, it, is, it is a nice, it, it's a comment, right, on the sport having it it does need fixing in some regard and and i'm certainly not going to go into theories and suggestions and solutions for that but but when you have you know a, a, any penalty equals three points because goal kickers can kick from 55 meters now any card changes the face of a game so many things can be a card um we've created a a a fucking Rubik's cube that's going to emerge every two games and the higher the stakes, the more likely it is to emerge. So I liked that that has got some attention, right? And I, and I actually think it's a conversation we need to have. And one of the ways, you know, there's ways that they've got that right and things that they've improved. For example, playing the player in the air, obviously this weekend I probably should have been a red, but if you wind the clock back four or five years ago, you got within 20 metres of the bloke, you got sent off. Now they've got a bit more common sense around it. Um, th there are ways the game can improve, whether it's around yellow cards, penalty counts, all of those things. So I like that the video gave us that. Um, but where I agree with you, Richard, is he just sounded like a whiny little bitch. And uh, you see here on the tape, he comes in from the side, and that's okay. That's okay. Well, you know, they can have that one. Fuck off, Rassi. I found the whole thing such passive-aggressive, whining bullshit. 
that side of it and the sour grapes at the end of the game, you're not some punter doing a podcast after four Scooby-Doo's. You're a World Cup winning coach. You've got to be better than this shit. That part made me sick. But the parts that I did enjoy is that attention is coming to to the game, which is clearly it's it's bonkers. Every game there's six, seven tackles that could result in a card. It's just which one do they check? What impact um, does this have? Sorry, I'm interjecting at this point, but what impact does this have going forward? Well, is we it, saw is, it. Is, is, no, 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 no. Absolutely, the referee was influenced. I mean, long term, because you talked about laws, but you're absolutely right. There needs to be changes and or amendments to the laws moving forward. But is this a precedent that's been set that every alpha coach out there or director of rugby? No, and that, that's wrong with you, Richard. They should throw the book at this clown. Hmm. Um, but he might just be the martyr or sacrificial lamb needed to bring attention to some of these conversations. I also don't I, like I the fact that what he would have served well. Forward. I don't well, I don't like that idea that he's being the sacrificial lamb because that gives him a higher plane or a higher status, but there we go. But but the thing is, is you we operate as fans thinking that these conversations do happen behind the closed doors. They are explanations and and meetings offered if you would like a rundown on what the hell went on. Mm. But um, I think the even the first test, man, South Africa was just better than them. They should have won the game. I think it would have been more telling if South Africa weren't the dominant team and then they came out here and just got decisively beaten when the opposite actually occurred. So you're going to feel like Rassi was proved right. I, I, I mean, on the surface, it might appear like that for people who are in for the spring box and in for Rassi, like myself. Um, it, it can oh, really? appear like that. Look, I don't know. I think when you when you rang me about it, Blake, I think you summed it up how I sort of feel quite a quite a closely, just how here's a dude who's given everything, coached so many different teams and been a part of it for so long. And at this stage, he's just fed up, man. I don't even care if it costs me my job. I've dealt with this shit for 20 years. I just would like it clearly explained so I can coach that. And yeah, yes, and it I, did come out whiny. And of I course, love, it came out whiny, man. He's heaps bitter. And he's a World Cup winning inside. coach, though. I love that insight into we, we rang them and we asked for an explanation of this, this, and this, and, and they wouldn't give us an explanation of this and their explanation of that wasn't adequate. And then they stopped answering my phone calls around this. I really like that insight, but I did not, did not, and I repeat, and this is where I am with you, Richard, and maybe I'm giving him too much glory. Um, it's not okay to throw one ref under the bus. Nick Berry was shit that weekend. And let's be honest, he was pretty shit through the rugby, super rugby season. Probably shouldn't have got the assignment. But I think Nick Berry is is the sacrificial lamb of, of rules, which are unclear. What constitutes a yellow? What constitutes how long an advantage is? Um, should you talk to the refs? What, when should the TMO intervene? All of these things are so grey that Nick Berry was just, a caricature of all the fuck-ups in officiating in rugby at the moment. And that bloke shouldn't have to put up with this. He's worked his butt off too to referee this game. Granted, he didn't do a great job, but he doesn't deserve that. No, um, and I, Rugby as a sport should be better, Richard. We should treat our referees better. Well, then the question is, is how much can a referee actually change? Like, there are obviously they all have the ways in which they ref it and they've got a personality when it comes to it. We all, we know what to expect. If someone's named to ref a game, we know to expect. And how much of that are they in control of? Because they, they tend to run pretty true to who they are, who we expect them to be. Like, Nick Berry's not going to turn around next week and run a very efficient ruck. It's just not going to happen. No, I think this, I, I totally get that because it's so, 
that subjective, that, that breakdown. Totally get that. But it's the control of the players, potentially. There are other refs around the world where are very much head teacher-esque, whether you're talking about Wade Barnes, whether you're talking about Nigel Orange, whoever you're talking about. At least they have command or respect to the players. And I think that has a huge impact on the, how the game then flows a lot quicker. Whereas I feel like at the moment, potentially with Nick, and I, and I agree with Blake's point that he was thrown under the bus, anarchy just mm. breaks out in every form, whether it's off or sideline, etc. And as such... Um, he's been brought to the fore. And there are a lot of uh, boys and girls out there who potentially won't make it athletically that might want to think about being referees out there. And if this continues, I don't know, I'm hypothesizing and it, it might turn out to be nothing. But if we go down the rule of go down this, that it trickles down into feeder clubs, I just feel that the game is struggling already. If people don't want a referee, I just think it potentially has a bigger, bigger effect on the game. Yeah, I, and I agree with all of that. I just think rugby has just been in denial about the power of penalty goals, the power of yellow cards, the how long an advantage is, the way mm. the scrums are refereed, the way malls are refereed, the way rucks are refereed. And we've just kind of try and not look at it and try and pretend it's not happening because, you know, you get through two or three games and it's not that big of a deal because the games are so, uh, teams are so, one so much better than the other. It doesn't matter that big of a deal. Um, but when you get a really close series and the stakes are high and the fans really care, those those messy parts of our game really matter. And I'm glad that that's being addressed. And I hope that that isn't ignored under the guise of Rassi's a dickhead. And Rassi is a dickhead. Hmm. Um, but then the other side of me is like, fuck, I get it. Imagine training every inch of everything and let's be honest they were the better side game one and they showed it game two i think they got the decisions wouldn't it hurt and i don't think he was saying racism and i certainly hope he wasn't i hope he um, wasn't either but not at a time like this but imagine if the players feeling like that like their country is consistently disrespected i mean i've heard stories that or sia khaleesi sia khaleesi in particular that's, exactly. You know, exactly. Not just the country, but him individually. That's a pretty disgusting allegation. But I've heard things that Australia, with Checker as a coach, are at a seven-point differential because the officiating staff just hated him. Just as a starting point, things weren't going to go our way because how aggressive he was with them in the pre- and post-game. Um, this shouldn't. It's a problem that, that they have such an important role. Um, and know that's, what? that's the part I want to see addressed. Just... Um... There was, a, there was a guy, and I don't know his name, and I can't remember the team, so this is very anecdotal. But there was an NHL game earlier on this year that um, a guy got mic'd up, and he wanted to call an early penalty deliberately on another team for no valid reason other than he just wanted to call a penalty on that team. And in ice hockey, that's a very big thing because you're down to a player and lots of goals are scored on it. How long do they sit off for? Uh, I think it's two minutes, depending on, and then if it's a major, it's five minutes. But it, as soon as the other team score, you can come back on again. But actually, that's a, it's a you know, it has a big impact on the game. So for a guy, and he got suspended and everything, but for a guy to have that in the back of his mind that I want to make a call, that shows how influential a referee can be. Mm. Um, but just to, to wrap up from my point of view. Weightlifting you know, too. Mm. I was watching Greco-Roman, mate. That passivity call's outrageous. I'd punt in on some Chilean bloke. Mm. How devil would you be if you had a shaky elbow on a lift? No, it doesn't count. <laughs> Sorry, um, I digress. Um, just by, by the way, talk about the laws. Yes, things need to change. But it is one of the aspects that I love about rugby there. And, and sport generally, the subjectivity means that we can come on here and we can have disagreements about it. Um, it it, start, it gens a conversation and passion builds from it. So please don't change the game so much that it becomes so um, dry and so formulaic that it becomes 
not a product that we want to watch. It's just and li- literally point. following Twitter is like an exercise in studying postmodernism. Every individual socially constructs their own reality. Every single Springbok douchebag on Twitter saw it this way. Every single British person on Twitter saw it that way. It's remarkable how, how like, tinted. And don't get me wrong, I don't have a dog in this fight, and that's probably why I'm bouncing between the two, the integrity of the game and not disrespecting the referees. But frustration around the, the messy rules in the game, it's easier. It, it, it's amazing the different ways and the 100% assurance people state their opinion with, whether it's on one side or the other. It's fucking crazy, but it's kind of cool and shows you how insane sport is. Well, on the weekend, didn't we get an insight that if we want to make every call correct, well, fucking you better book a three-hour slot. 63-minute <laughs> exactly. half, seriously. You, it's, almost, even... it's almost worth bringing in timeouts into the sport. So there is a time and you can get charged. And if you think the call's wrong, call timeout champ. Something. I, I just I, I feel like all the uh, most of the head coaches all sitting up in a box. They should get a flag. If you can throw the flag from the box onto the pitch, then you can challenge a call. If not, then you don't get to challenge it. Throw the you flag. Yeah, the amount of time Ben O'Keefe asked the water people to get the fuck off the field. What are you doing? Get off. Christmas, mate. Get off. Yeah. Um, you know how I feel. I, I actually think stupidly, what was the first iteration of the NRC? Um, and all that got thrown out. I actually think those rules. Not the heads in the right, that was chaos. But the short arms, so penalties weren't that big of a deal. Um, just depowers the referee a lot. And I really, and, and it sound, probably sounds like I'm a big fan. I'm not a fan of rugby league. It bores the shit out of me. But the post-game suspensions and the fines um, for, for high shots and things like that um, really would go a long way to depowering the, the, only the thing- impact of the 80 minutes. The only thing I would say, if you end up going to a free kick instead of a penalty, then um, you'd have to tighten up the, the the rules on how many free kicks you can give away before. But, a but that's exactly so, where you go to the basketball rules. X amount equal a full arm. X amount of full arms equal a yellow card. Um, and then you have it. Like at that level, you could easily have a tally in the corner so, so teams know where they are with it. And I just think it, it depower. I don't know. This is lofty long-term shit. Mm. But I, but I think, fun, this, yeah, th- these conversations are where we need to get because as much as I love watching rugby for three and a half hours and cunts having shots at goal, how can we edit that out? Uh, from 60 metres, um, I can't. It's just it's just horrific viewing. Um, and, and, look, we've always said rugby at its best is, is the best sport in the world. Rugby at its worst, you know, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's the worst. I've been watching a lot of dressage the last Yeah, week. but, but the, the problem with this too is you've got two teams who are playing very low-risk football, right? It, it's made to be a flat pancake. It's not that exciting. And then when everyone's relying so heavily on the outcome of decisions, like it's basically in the ref's hands. Exactly. Both Hugely. teams, literally, their, their strategy is, well, if we win the penalty count, we win the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, this is on your shoulders, ref. This is all and every game. try, because it wasn't a single line break in the game, every single try is going to come from an error off a kick. Um, and I do love that there's different ways to skin a cat in rugby. Um, but this series reminds me of rugby in 2007. Hopefully it's just this series and it's anomaly because it wasn't the case in the Six Nations. Hopefully it's just Gatlin um, and an underdone Springbok side. But this series really reminds me of the most negative form of rugby where physicality <laughs> is God. 
Do you know, that's funny that you said that. 2000, it's 2007, 2020 World Cup finals. Do you know who were both in those finals? 2007, 2000 who? Springbok. Yeah, and lost both. And in both occasions, we both tried to do exactly what we were doing and both got out muscled. Yeah, Mark yeah, Quayner could have scored in the quarter. And you know what? And just Sorry, for a just, no, no, no. And, and look, it was interesting. There are many ways to agree to your point. There are many ways to skin, um, skin a cat. And England played expansive rugby in the semi-final against New Zealand and then lost. tried to match up against Springwell. Um, I just feel like you've got to be adaptable. And in this game uh, again, um, against the Springboks this weekend and last weekend, there was no kind of change, really. It was like, we're going to try and, ma- we're going to try and beat them up up front. This is not going, okay, well, we're still going to do it anyway. And um, I know it's very hard to compare ourselves to New Zealand, but New Zealand are able to switch between game plans and combine both expansive and win it up front. The problem with the only team in the world that can do that, but... The, the Lions never tried to at least do something. No, different. and it felt like in game one, Price came off, Myrie came on, the box kicking worked. That's when they got yeah, ascendancy. We're going to repeat Catlin it. just went, yeah. I am doubling down on that shit. Yeah, completely. Yeah, there is nothing doing in the back line for the Lions. Which is a nothing. shame because actually, and, and look, I want to say, say this, it's a different level of intensity, but if you watch Stuart Hogg play for Scotland, he's very dynamic. You play, watch Watson play for England, he's very dynamic. You know, there's a lot of, Good quality untapped. players in there, untapped potential. And right now, um, it's not quite showing for whatever reason, whether it's combinations. We talk about the fact that combinations are key uh, at, at elite level rugby, and there isn't any at the moment. So maybe they're just going to this game plan and thinking, look, we're good. this is our best chance. But Well, there's like, lots of talk of going Marcus Smith, Stuart Hogg, like going the real expansive game. I love it. It sounds, God, it sounds so much more exciting. But you've got to win it up front first, though, because if you go yeah, too expensive too early, then you're not, then you're going to get smashed. They've, they've certainly got the second row to match it up front. I don't know if they've got the front row. The Bockies have got it all over them there. Um, mm. I think they're finding it a bit trouble up front. Toji and Courtney Laws and Alan Wynne Jones have all been sensational, oh. though. What a battle that's been, by the way. Just as an aside, uh, Etzebet and Toji uh, faced, I think it was when uh, Colby took out Murray and they both pretty much had each other's throat. That's uh, vintage Etzebet, though, man. He yeah. loves picking on his opposite number. <laughs> Seriously. Th- those would you, moments, would you, would you want to see a fight? Would you, wouldn't you want to see that fight, though? Just part of you? Absolutely. Get rid of the cards. Let him throw down. Who, who would win? Etzebet for sure. No way. No, yeah, I'm on Toji's athleticism. That guy's a beast. Absolutely. Um, Youth. Anyway, um, just out of it, just to, by the way, uh, we're going all over the place, but out of interest, because you talked about Twitter and British people, by the way, for my two cents worth would be that Colby one should have been a yellow card. He definitely didn't land on his back, but he also didn't land on his head. So I understand why that was a yellow card. Peter Steph to toy. Um, definitely wasn't a tip tackle. So I don't know what so the, that was um, someone claiming on a British newspaper that, uh, that was a Tom that definitely wasn't a tip tackle. And the other one, which was uh, I was reading about the other day, was um, Atoji kneeling on um, Diolande's neck for an extended period of time. That also didn't happen, in my opinion. So, as you and a bit, I even saw one today. The first tackle of the game um, was a high shot. Mm. Um, and, and I guess this is what I'm saying, right? At this level, at this level of physicality, we don't want it in the game. And I'm totally for, at the end of the game, getting the camera out and getting all of them mm. and letting the players know the severity of it. But the fact is, if you pinned them all, no one would be left on the field. Uh, and if you pinned some of them, you've ruined the game. 
Mm. It's just it's not there anymore. Like it's 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 madness. And look, I we could go through all of them, and we could. I, I thought gonna. the Dolby one was a red. Mm. Um, to me, that that that's as red as red gets, right? But the footy fan in me was glad it wasn't. Like, I, well, actually, probably anything could have happened to excite that game. Um, but I guess this is my point. It's just it's just a schmozzle, isn't it? That there's six or seven hits like that that we can point to, especially in a game where these two guys are trying to beat the crap out of each other. The physicality is through the roof. So I guess he's, he's glad the series is close. That offers a little bit of something. Um, it's, it's hard to sort of conclude anything. Rassi Rasmus is a dick. Nick Berry copped So is Gatlin. Uh, Gatlin's a dick too. Gatlin's a bit of a dick. Oh, he is, but he's just not so open about being a dick, but we all know it. Um, yeah. Talk, yeah, I think talk, that's what annoys Rassi the most. He knows he's a dick. <laughs> but Gatlin always seems to win these though, doesn't he? Remember you have one with Checker? He always seems to take the high ground. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he just seems to, to, to win the moral high ground. I'd love to see him lose one. Mm. Well, they, I reckon they're going to lose on Saturday, so yeah. lose that one. Can't you say that? The one big thing, my final thing before I, I'd love to talk about the sevens for a bit, um, is that the biggest issue of playing three games in a row at uh, that one venue, that pitch is a state. That pitch is ridiculous. Don't yeah, it was it? made for football too, wasn't it? Soccer, Richard. Jesus, you've turned me. Thanks, mate. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's, a, that's an issue, but... Look, you're right. We could go through up team decisions, but I really don't want to because it's just otherwise we're just the same. And I don't. Want no, to. but God, let's just all agree that that one should be buried in the archives and burnt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I did love is actually the the, the women's sevens. I just um, in awe of how that game is flourishing. Um, I haven't. I put my hands up. I haven't watched Great Britain for a long time. And the fact that I didn't expect much, yeah, they lost in the, the bronze medal game, but they had some the tackling, their uh, actual playmaking ability. It was just so much better than what it was four years ago because I'm not going to lie, I haven't watched much in the interim. And just the well, standard... There's that, um, been much in the interim. Yeah, they um, well, obviously there's been no tour, but Great Britain hasn't had a team and there's been lots of argument and now they're pushing for a full-time professional team. Yeah. And it's interesting because so, yeah, obviously... Under, under Great Britain in an international series, they normally compete as England as well, or like in an ILB World ser- Series. So, yeah, it's just mm. it was just it was so That's good true. to watch, and um, just so many little superstars along the way that it, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's basically, I, I, the Lions, eh? I loved. That's funny. Um, I loved the the women's sevens. I guess to talk about Australia quickly. I mean, I'm not going to profess to be an expert. You can't tune in for one two day tournament and reckon you know what's doing. But <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> but the, but the mail that that I've seen online and it seems pretty apt is that um, a, a couple of things. One, we sort of went professional before anyone else, and we saw some pay there, put a lot of money in it. But we really invested in the expansive game. Um, and our players were smaller, um, and we played this really wide, expansive game. But it looked like, from what I heard, that in the last couple of years it had evolved women's sevens to be much more physical, um, and we just seemed to just get beat up up front. That was the mail I got too, and, you know, that was the USA. Everyone, All the girls in the USA team were, were big poppers. They were coming and run it straight. Yeah, and, and if you – and they I are. wonder with sevens, yes, it's all about speed, but – they sometimes forget to run lines and they just play really laterally. It, 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 it's hugely. It's all about the 30 meter pass, which, you know, it's awesome if you can do an a valuable asset, but mate, team teams, the, the defense can shuffle by the time that ball gets across, you know what you're doing. 
And I thought it was interesting. I heard Cassie do an interview after and it sounded like she didn't want to throw anyone on the bus, but she was basically saying there's a couple in our team that want to play up-tempo football, but not everyone. And it sounds like Australia is a bit lost in an identity that there's like her and one or two others, which are smaller and elusive. who just want to tap and go, tap and go, tap and go. But there's a couple others that, that are making ad line that, that need to, you know, kick the touch, slow it down. Let's reset. We'll, we'll beat them up by going physical and strong. Um, and Australia were lost somewhere in the middle and not, not focusing enough on the physicality. But put simply, I mean, I only tuned in for two days. I don't really know what's doing. But I, you look at leaving Elliot Green at home uh, when you need a power game seems insane now. And, and you look at the money we put into that. Um, it's not good enough. It's, up where we did. it's a 14-minute game, but, you know, you have a bad five minutes, it's over. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good shout. And I've noticed, because um, I used to follow quite a few of the girls on rugby, the women's team on Instagram. Is that um, right? <laughs> that is right, Jim. <laughs> um, but I can see that most of them are playing rugby league now. Um, I think uh, it's been gutted. Um, if you're not sort of in that top... 14 or 15 players that there's probably a bit more of a a professionalism to rugby league and AFL right now. And that's it. And you take away the, um, the actual tournaments that occur overseas and during the year when they're not there and you need a paycheck. What are you going to do, man? I do the exact same thing. What are you going to do? I go play state of origin. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the the big kicker because there's no ILB world series at the moment. That's the big thing that's I think also forcing them. You're absolutely right. Um, because when that when that hopefully starts back up again, I think the, the game will continue to build. But it's a successful happens. model. It's so much fun too, man. Mm, mm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, like, is this one in terms more. of pacing? Is it over three days longer than what they usually do? No, that's, the World shorter. that's longer, so you get a bit more time. So you yeah, could I still play playing like two day, two games a day. Yeah, easy. Yeah. So you could play a bit more of a power game. Mm. I used um, to love going. I used to it used to be the best day out. Sorry, just used to go to the sevens at Twickenham every year. It used to be awesome. Oh yeah, it just used to be amazing. There's we like went out one pr- year in two twos, didn't we, Jim? Yeah, we went to in 2016 mm, to the yeah. one in Sydney, yeah. and then we went last year too. Yeah, I've been to yeah. two now. Yeah, which um, was awesome. I I'm did just see a- that the Australian team re-signed both our men's and women's coaches. Hang on, what? What's doing? We just signed them for like another four years. To the, no, three years till the next Olympics. Tim Walsh is legit, but I don't yeah. know who the other cat is. Is he but? Isn't he but? Didn't just... he do didn't he do the chicks to the gold medal? Yeah, but you know what were you doing five years ago, Jim? I don't know if it still counts. <laughs> I guess that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Five years ago I could run around the block, can't now. <laughs> It doesn't hold up, does it? No, no I, I just, it doesn't. Uh, hang on, here's a promotion. You want a bit more pay? Yeah, that's cool. You lost every single game. I don't know. I can't get around it. Yeah, it's like on your resume. Five years ago for three days, I was all right. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and I just think um, those things can get so insular. So they're probably really nice people and the team probably loves them. So mm. there's a massive, you know, yeah, yeah, get them back in. Let's just work a little harder. You, you there's a part pumped, of me. Mate. You got pumped by and Fiji were what, borrowing boots three years ago? Mm. Well, Fiji, mate, we lost it there on the one-on-ones. Like it was just some footwork and some go forward. Like there's no reason that you can't. That's an easy fix. Feels like it is. But I, the, I think the male team has the bigger problems. I feel like the females aren't that far away. Mm. I was more impressed with their play, but our male team – we're a long way away from being up to the up to a gold medal standard, if we ever are. 
Yeah, it's just called depth, isn't it? The male team. Yeah, and I would also say you're comparing. You're you're a long way away for a very valid, valid, very valid reason. A lot of other countries put a greater emphasis on sevens. I would say, wouldn't you agree? Mm. Yeah, I think we put money into it, but I don't think we uh, necessarily. We just don't have the cattle. We just don't have the cattle, mate. I wish the league season allowed for once every four years, just a couple of, a couple of players. If you want to have five years, five week. Wouldn't hiatus. that be fun? And wouldn't that get the whole country watching? The, it would, the whole country would love it. They're only running straight lines, don't they? Exactly. But there's, but the there's some proper is, talent, uh, man. Or I reckon two Olympic games ago, that, that would fly. Sevens is its own art form now. Being good at footy isn't mean, doesn't mean you're good at sevens. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it really is its own unique sport at the moment. So and, love- and, and you better know how to ruck too. Those rucks are pretty oh. clinical. Yeah, so that sounds fun, Jim, but you just watch the Brisbane Nines, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, Wallabies this weekend? Oh, should, well, we should give it up for New Zealand. We, Fuck, we, it's a Wallaby we, Saturday night. Yeah, but well, hold on. Let's give it up to the New Zealand oh, women. They just won gold. Anything to add on that or we just need... Well, no, outstanding. Just individually and collectively. Just when you look at them, um, you're right. They've got a great combination of just pure athletes, um, but also great ball playing skills. So, and we're tested too, and 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 showed resilience. Yeah, coming around down down from twenty one nil down against Great Britain, you know, coming back winning twenty six twenty one, and then tested in that semi final as well. Like, you know, kudos to him. Like, play some great footy. Yeah, it's um, well earned. And was it Tui? Um, I think was her name. It, uh, Jesus, you found someone behind the microphone there. I know she does some commentary in New Zealand, but that's that's the best post-game interview I've perhaps ever seen. Um, just awesome. Just really, really cool. I love that. Mm. I thought it was worth mentioning. If you haven't seen that, check it out. But I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you'd be well aware of it. Um, so, yes, Jim, Wallabies are playing this weekend. That crept up on us. Didn't it? Didn't it? Tell you what, as far as lockdowns go, I'll take the British and Irish Lions touring. I'll take the Olympics. I'll take France v Australia, and then I'll take the Bledisloe. Mm. It's not a bad little run, is it? It's not a bad little run at all. Um, yeah, look, I wish I was more optimistic about the Wallabies, but I'm not. So as much I'm like, <laughs> fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> we're gonna get pumped, man. I've heard on the grapevine that uh, Quade Cooper is going to get some minutes this series. Yeah, that's the mail. <laughs> and that's something. Yeah, Can I, I don't told you he'll play. If it won't run at Perth, but he will get a play in the fir- in the third test. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a starting Guernsey. Shit. That's my ma- that's my mail bag. I didn't I didn't realize that the you know Wallabies didn't just hand it out caps for no reason. No, it's just, it's not great, is it? Don't get me back on my praise, Quaid. Yeah, I'll get, I'll go. Um, no, honestly, um, do we expect any shocks out of the the Wallaby selection this week? No, no, no. Neither, I, don't, I don't think anything outside of the box. I have really enjoyed seeing Pete Samo with a tucked-in shirt at the mm. footage I've been I've been getting. So I've really thoroughly enjoyed that. But I can't imagine him making his way into the back row. Um, I'm ex- I'm expecting Wilson at eight and Valentini at six. Yeah, I reckon Swinton might grab six. I reckon uh, yeah. go physical. I reckon Swinton at six too. I think he uh, played himself into that shirt that last game. I and I'm and I'm with that. If that happens, I think that's the right call. But in um, the same, if I'm true to my word and true to my belief, then Nizarani for me gets that eight. But I don't think that's happening. And then second row, are we expecting any changes there with Rodder well, back in the squad? I don't know how well's Rodder trained and performed. That's what's fascinating. I'm expecting Rodder on the bench, but um, I don't expect it to be any different than Philip and um, Salakai Loda. 
I think that'll be one on the bench. Yeah, I think I think just from a a big big match experience, I just think that's that's what they'll go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nine McDermott. Yeah, I I, I actually think he will be. I I think he will. Is White fit? No, I don't think so. Well, I saw a post that they made about him getting ready or challenging for the jersey. So that suggested to me that he's not getting, he's not walking into that nine spot. Mm. So I'm expecting Tate, but Gordon wouldn't surprise me. Um, and then centres are expecting the power of Paisami and Ikatel. Was Matt Tamoa get in for his experience? And, and that's where I'll leave that one. Um, I reckon they'll go. <laughs> I reckon they'll go Tamoa. Uh, his kicking game. Um, game management in a level comments. head, level yeah. head, just uh, all of def- that defensive. Like you're okay with losing, just don't make it by a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talking of losing or losing by a lot, what what would you? Yes, you go into a game and you want to win it, and you'd be ecstatic if you win. But what is the success in this opening game? What you, you know what it is? Historically, I know what, I know what you're going to say, Blake. I'm asking it, Jim. Historically, here's what happens, man. The first game, we're okay. We're kind of close. Like we've caught New Zealand off off guard or a bit nappy. Um, so we compete and it, and it goes to, we might lose by 10, but it goes down to the last 10 minutes and game two, it's never a contest. It's just not a, a sport. It's what's going on. What the fuck's going on here? I think game three, they get a red and we look all right. Yeah. And then we get a red because people feel sorry for us. So I, I'd like some consistency across. I don't care if we lose all three. I want it to be all three a competition, not 20 nil after Hang on, 10. Time out, time out. You said you don't care if you lose all three? Shit no, him. as long as we're, we're competing, we're competing. You know, 240 minutes, Matt. Rationally, I can I can handle that, but I entirely disagree. I'd rather lose by a lot. It's the hope that kills you. It's the hope that makes you go grey. It's the hope that makes you cry to sleep at night when it's the 50th minute and there's a couple points in it, and you're thinking mm-hmm. we might just do this. Yeah, that's what kills you. The 50th minute. I've seen you two be up and about with five minutes to go. And oh, mate, that is it. what is going to send us to an early grave. Early grave. And I'm happy to go. If that's the way I go, I go that way. That's the bit I'm not looking forward to. Hey, we've got a few questions on Twitter. Uh, just by the way, we're going to cover this game a little bit. Just so. for um, just to interject for a second, I have just looked up about Nick White, and he said he's is in training, so hopefully he's going to be available for this Saturday. Um, you're good, Richard. Yeah, he's got the best boss kick, box kick, doesn't he? Um, just for the so record. first question I have is yeah. no questions, just get blind and yell at each other. Um, I've had a no, I don't drink. Ah, uh, man, I drink Tuesdays and Fridays and Saturdays. That's it. No, Tuesdays is the weird one. I yeah. just have a random scotch because I'm just a bit fucking over this lockdown. <laughs> wine Wednesdays for me, and then you know Friday, Saturday. Any day that ends in Y for you, Blake? No. Um, all right, excellent. Bad. What does a pass mark in the rugby championship campaign look like for the Wallabies this year? Well, the Bockies are a fucking good team. So oh, mate, that's annoyed me. I was hoping it would be a schmozzle. I don't see us getting over there. Argentina trounced Wales, but I guess they were missing their Lions. Um, so beating Argentina twice and competing for 240 minutes against the other two teams would be lovely. I'm going to say, it's, and it's been this for quite a while now, it's competing against the All Blacks for every minute. It is beating South Africa here. And beating Argentina twice, I think that's the pass. Richard, well, what do you reckon? I said it's all dependent on on obviously restrictions. So you obviously at the at the moment it was all going to be played in Australia. It was like I think at one point. So um, 
Now it's three games at Eden Park, mate. You know what that hoodoo is? is? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. I, I actually think Pass Park is finishing second in the rugby championship. I think you need to finish second to do it. I think in South Africa, a come off a tough series against the Lions. So they'll be hard on Jess, but they'll be continuing to be in their bubble for a long period of time. Um, I can see you nicking one against them. Um, yeah, you might get a red card against New Zealand, et cetera, to use your phraseology. But I reckon finishing second is, is a pass mark in the championship. Um, the next question could stump you. <laughs> What are the areas where the Wallabies can target in the upcoming Bledisloe games? Where are the chink in the Kiwi armour? Uh, the, chip in, the chip in behind to, to try to um, get around the rush defence. Yeah, it needs, answer, needs to be well executed, though. My mm. honest answer is a ridiculously fast D-line. Um, that's what did him, undid him at the World Cup. That's what we've seen teams have success with against the All Blacks, a ridiculously fast D-line. Um, and then I think power scrum, we've got a very powerful scrum. I think New Zealand's front row is good. I don't think it's Springbok good. I don't think it's Wallaby good. Um, scrum well, defend bloody well, kick every single goal that you can get in range. Um, and then I just think we're missing a bit of firepower in terms of the Batayas, the Vinavalos. Um, to sort of have any X factor. So I just think we need to do those things right would be my read. Yeah, um, I, I think they don't this, have chinks. They don't have chinks, mate. They, they don't have chinks. Good. And we've got to be honest about what we've got. I think pride can get in the way a bit here and they think that our line out's better than it actually is because that's the mentality that you have to have. But when it's not, that's your downfall, mate. And I think, yes, we have an outstanding scrum, but we could show up that day and have no idea how to scrummage. That's something that does happen. It just happens. And, and, and when also, it does, how long do you stick in there thinking, no, 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 it was a one-off? Yeah, but also you, to go to give to your point that we've talked about at the beginning of the podcast, you, you, you turn up one day and suddenly James Slipper is actually starting to not scrummage straight. He goes in sideways. Thor's starting to go in more sideways. And I'm not saying they're doing that, but I'm saying that the referee starts to think that that's... They say it that way, exactly. And, no, and but what I'm saying is we're not going to beat them in an expansive game. No, 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 I agree with that. I'm just saying to just I, talk about that explosive scrum. There is I think scrum. we need to be very physical, defend very well, dominate scrum, dominate them all, um, and just have a kick chase slash every time we drop the ball, which will happen, but it basically can't if you want to beat them, we do not concede ad line next breakdown. That Kiwi counterattack is where they cut you apart. Mm. That, that, that would be the thing that I would just be drilling at training, just practicing dropping the ball, practicing doing a shit kick return. And how do you scramble? How do you get back in their face and bash them? The, um, the last thing I would say about that is just, I know it's not a chink in their arm or anything, but just be cognizant of the referee. And what I mean by that is just, try and be as disciplined as you can try and listen to instructions and try and mold whatever happens to what the referee wants on that occasion um, because if you do give away penalties yes their kiwi line out is outstanding they'll just kick to the corner and they'll just go to the back and run an awesome move or they'll just maul it so just try and be as disciplined as you can they'll suck you in and spread it very far wide yeah, yeah, it's, you it's, look, a chance. it's not a great assignment to be on but um there's some talented boys in that team i look forward to the series all right next one uh, is Australian rugby missing a trick by not having a level feeding into super rugby? I think we all know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, it, do, it won't work. You can't just introduce one. It doesn't work. No, but well, we've tried and it's bankrupt the game twice, um, but I actually just think they need to persevere with it. 
But it's got to be valued by everyone. And I don't think it's valued by everyone. That's the problem. No, yeah, you've got to diminish the shoot shield. You've got to say the shoot shield's pretty shit, the shit shield. And then the next one above, that's the one you tune into. Yeah, it just takes the, the where rugby's got this wrong consistently is it just takes 10, 15 years to build that. Well, I think that they've been trying to make the shoot shield better than it is by kicking out these teams, but there's too much tradition and history there that everyone went a bar of it. So they're yeah. stuck. They've tried yeah. to introduce a comp, no one's interested. They've tried to make the comp they got better, no one's interested. It's, no, I think it's a losing game. Ru- I think COVID ruined it. I actually think the NRC was becoming a bit of a factory. If you look at the players that came through it, half the Wallaby side's a product of it. Yeah, but what did you think about the timing of the NRC? You can't just have the super season and then this random Mitre 10 comp. Like, I'm not watching that. I think that's when it fits. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's not, this isn't about watching. This is something that you run at a loss for a long time so that those players are getting properly coached and belting each other in a decent cauldron. Um, we, we absolutely need it. And no, Jim, it is not going to have fans caring about it for quite a while. And you also have to remember, just I agree with your sentiments about the shoot shield, but the shoot shield is just a new South Wales product. We just need to be aware of that. Yeah, Queensland have got theirs, though. Yeah. And um, so does Canberra. Canberra's got a yeah, But their version, too. you want to make it one that's collaboratively across everyone. That's well, fun. why aren't we getting the winner of all three play each other? That'd be good. Fuck, yeah, you? look, but let's Give be honest. Give me your job, man. Shoot shield all you like. Think about the blokes we know that have run off of first grade. Come on. What? Just, you know. 200 They're bucks not training all bikes next week, are they? $50 of training, 200 bucks for a win. Adam's running around on the wing, ran on. <laughs> and then going on in the, in the 80th flanker. And, and hadn't slept for three nights leading up to it. I don't reckon that's the, that's the precursor to play the all bikes. Just, just for the record, Jim's got a foam roller. I think he's ready to step up. Um, I'll tell you what I would love in a, in a crazy world in this COVID age. I would actually love if they got every super rugby contracted player, fly them to Perth, Twiggy, you can pay. That's COVID safe. And make four teams and have a mini tournament of those four teams that play each other twice. Yeah. The best 90 players still in the country. And the Western Australians will show up too. Wouldn't so we'd have, a, we'd have a draw and a, a draft and everything, you know? There's a whole thing, mate, and just a, just the best four to make four teams or five teams, a tiny little elite competition mm. for everyone who didn't make it. So uh, just, to, just to confirm, you want to make rugby even more elite than what it is? Mm. On, uh, yes, yes. Um, next question. Who's make gonna- make five teams and on the buy round, they go into the mines and help Twiggy out there if he's going to fund it. Yeah, do, Something. A, do some legwork, guys. Who's going to win the MPC this year? <laughs> Richard, um, you're, you're the statesman. Uh, can I? Can I? Can you come back to me next, yeah, next week, week we'll after after I do the review, maybe of all the teams that are available? Uh, all right, uh, Jim. Question for you: If the Wallabies win the first test, will you start the next podcast with the guitar? A hundred percent. I'll write a song specifically for him. All right, that's fair. Uh, next question. Would you rather A, get poked in the eye with a rusty nail, B, become a New Zealand citizen, or mm. C, watch the British and Irish Lions second test again? I've gone with the rusty nail. <laughs> it's it's B. B, New Zealand citizen. Yeah, fuck, man. We win everything. Sounds all right. How many <laughs> citizenships have you got, mate? Just two. I like punting on the Kiwis in the sevens. It's nice to go for a team you know is going to win. 
It's nice to actually support a winning culture. Nice. It really is. Um, <laughs> what do we honestly rate Australia's chances in the first two games in New Zealand? I don't think you two rate us very highly. No, I'm surprised you do. I would rate uh, them, and I would rate them, rate them higher. I would agree with Jim's point earlier on. I would rate them higher in game one than game two. Mine is blind, unaltered bias. Objectively, pumped. <laughs> Smash. I just I'll, I'll be putting fifty on us. Um, has rugby lost some of the respect the game prides its on with the carry on in the last couple of weeks? We we discussed that before, yeah, and I, I think, think I think I think it has. I think it yeah. has, but hopefully it's a necessary grievance. Um, and then a South African wanted to know why Toji wasn't sent off and cited. <laughs> I don't think he should be sent off or cited either. But no, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, all right, boys. It's been nice to chat. Yeah, we. I just might might talk about Giddo and old Adam Ashley oh, Cooper winning out the. Uh, what was it the MCL? The MLC? MLR, isn't it? Major League MLR. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Either way, it sounds like a knee injury. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, played one. Adam Ashley. He's he's come out retired, but Giddo hasn't said anything. Talks of him coming back. Thirty-eight years old, mate. He's not done. He, he was, you know, when you're a little kid and you're an absolute just like idolizer player. For me, that was Timmy Horan. As I got a little bit older, it was Larkin, but it got a bit weird because it's a bit too old. Uh, and then once you're too old to still have that fanboy player that you love, but you secretly still have one, the post is still in your world. It was Matt Gitto for me. Isn't isn't the, isn't his life? I don't know what motivates him, man. Why does he still want to play? He's got three kids. I don't even think they're over there with him. To be honest with you. No, they are. They are. Mm, are are they? they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I follow what them closely you? on the gram. Far out. Andrew Mitchell went over there too and watched their last game. That was pretty cool. Um, God, it's so cool. It's such a fairy tale. What an awesome! It just shows you how awesome rugby is. If if you're talented, the opportunities that it gives you. Look at a bloke like Billy Meeks. He's over there yeah. playing twelve between the two of them. They're <laughs> knocking about in that team. How much fun does it look like they're having? And they're, they're, I just can't get over the state of their rigs at that age. Yeah, it's sharp, isn't it? But, but yeah, I guess if you work out for a living, like it, it doesn't matter what damage you do, you're give, just going to still turn out all right. And they would do some damage. Give us the Netflix doco special on that season. Yeah. Yeah, crap. The Last Dance. Yeah. The it last, would be awesome. Last, they just don't have. Fuck, it's cool, man. They live in such a life on their Harley push bikes. Two dads oh. and Matt Giddo just living it up. Oh. Um, nah, cool. Good, good, good shout, Jim. Um, on a more serious rugby note, uh, who are we backing, Lions or Bockies in the third? We're going Bockies in the third and going New Zealand on the weekend too. Richard? Yeah, it pains me to say that. I'd echo Jim's thoughts. I think he's, he's spot on on both counts. I just think the tide and the momentum. Momentum is such a huge thing in sport, particularly in a three-test match series. Um, and it I took just, all a spade a spade, though. Yeah, it wasn't. It, yeah, in the first okay, half, and then they tied. handed yeah. that game to the Springboks. They did, but who's to say that that's not going to happen again in the third one? Not um, him per se, but just a referee, you know? Who's... Yeah. I've struggled this whole line series. to tip it. Game one, I tipped the Lions. Game two, I couldn't put a... I just didn't know. I had no idea because of the Rassie mm. thing and it was skewed it so far. Genuinely don't know. I don't know how the Lions will play. I can't see Gatlin reinventing the wheel, though. And I feel like if he doesn't reinvent the wheel, they probably can't win. But they both play such defensive rugby that um, anyone can drop a kick 
and then that's the end of the game. That's right. Um, like so, it's re- it is really a coin toss that one for me. But I'm I'm gonna defy you two and say the Lions win it. I think they'll find something else. Um, Bocky's starting to look tired. Um, and then I'll say Australia will get this one done by one. How will your heart rate be during the game if that is the case? Honestly, just take me straight to intensive care. I just couldn't handle it. All right, people, I got to go. The girls' soccer just kicked off. I'll go with the Matildas. All right, boys. Nice to chat. All right. See you, people. Guys.